0: electronic specifier fantastic so hello and welcome back to electronic specifier insights and today i'm pleased to be joined by john mcmichael who is the managing director of solid state supplies so thank you very much for joining us john how are you
1: i'm good thank you no no problem
0: <laughs> excellent so let's start then just by introducing yourself for us please
1: Okay, I'm John McMichael. I'm the Managing Director of the Components business for Solid State PLC, an electronics engineer by background who started his career at GC Telecoms. So that probably gives you an idea of how old I am, but we won't dwell on that. And then moved through the classic pathway of applications engineering, supporting other customers with their designs, into sales, sales management, And then a few years living in the USA as international sales manager for a high-speed analogue company out there. Uh, And that gave me a lot of insight into different cultures and different ways that businesses were run and certainly widened my view of the world. And from there into business management in the electronics world and ultimately to the role that I have today.
0: Fantastic. Some great experience there. So tell us a little bit about the company, about Solid State Supplies.
1: So Solid State Supplies is is just one of the companies that I have responsibility for and it's within the components business of Solid State PLC Group. So the group has several sides to its business, but the other side of the business is a systems division and that consists of the steer type companies that people may be familiar with and custom power in the USA. But for me, the companies that I'm responsible for all have the common theme of being based around component sales. So whether that's an optoelectronics electronics sensor manufactured at our Weymouth facility, or it's a module from one of our franchises, it's still classed as a component, so we're a technically focused company that helps our customers to innovate, and we do that by bringing them the latest technologies or devices or assisting them with their design or linking them up with other resources. For example, contract manufacturers or consultants or anything that will help them bring their products to life may just be that we are linking them up with the right component, but if it helps them innovate, bring their product to life, that's what we do.
0: Excellent. Thank you very much for that. So today we are going to be talking about globalization versus localization. So to kick us off then from a solid state supplies point of view, can you explain what the difference is between globalization and localization?
1: Yes, so interestingly for us, the the boundaries are quite blurred. So for one, for us, it's a question of growth. Where can we best spend our energies and resources to generate the highest sustainable levels of growth? So to be a bit bit clear about that, as as a business, we could choose to maintain a local view of the world, focusing on the UK, for example, and ensuring that we're well-placed to take advantage with some of our larger customers if for example they're reshoring or bringing business back into the UK or often we see that globalization for us is very similar to localization so we might be taking our business international but actually we're doing it because we want to be local to the customer base that we're serving so it's often for us a symbiotic strategy an example would be for example that we manufacture sensors down in our weymouth facility in the south of the uk that gives us a local presence it keeps us close to our customers it allows us to have tight control over processes so as 9100 or ISO 13485 or whatever that standard is that we need to to maintain but at the same time we're globalizing our business by expanding into the usa and other parts of europe so Personally, I prefer the term internationalisation to globalisation, just because for a company of our size, it tends to suggest a more focused approach. And and frankly, our global strategy is much more focused than global.
0: No, that makes sense. So what's the overall goal of of globalisation then, or in your case, you know, internationalisation?
1: Yeah, interesting question. So the the globalisation, I think at one time was just a single goal of low cost production. People seemed to be chasing that around the world. And that was certainly true for the electronics community. I think many of us can probably remember the race to Eastern Europe as that opened up and manufacturing was being moved out there. And then of course, China opened up and um, people raced out to China. But it was always in pursuit of lower cost production. I think latterly We've seen moves even into India and places like that the difference now though I think is that if you look at India in particular a highly skilled workforce so people are not just moving manufacturing now they're starting to move and use skills in those countries so in India for example a lot of companies now are opening up R&;D centers in India which which makes sense where they to, to move to where the skills are but You know, for solid state, I'm sure this applies to a multitude of other companies of our size as well. Internationalization is just as much about growing our reach and sales to customers around the world as it is to finding new sources of supply or indeed new component manufacturers, for example, that we we might be able to acquire. Because that improves and increases our importance and value to our customers, wherever they are.
0: Now, there must be things, you know, like cultural, political and, and linguistic differences worldwide that can slow down globalisation. But what particular challenges are businesses facing in regards to this?
1: Yeah, I don't think anybody could deny that cultural differences can be challenging. And certainly an ability to communicate well is definitely critical to success, whatever language you choose that to do that in but whether it's globalization or localization i think you can face the same challenges it it can be very difficult you know without doubt the last few years have seen a sort of growing nervousness surrounding political probably more accurately geopolitical ambitions of some countries and i'm i'm no politician i'm certainly not an economist <laughs> But I can assure you that as a business, we're trying to widen our supply base uh, beyond China and Taiwan. The bulk of the companies we, we deal with are in fact American and, and there the, the synergies are quite simple. We speak the same language, the cultural issues are not so great. But the, the more we can diversify our business geographically, the better the risk meti- mitigation is for us. You know, a wider geographical spread of suppliers is. We're much better protected against any geographic instability. And of course, strong case for localization in the USA right now, because of the 25% China tariff that's impacting the competitiveness of companies manufacturing in China. So, you know, we're, we're lucky we're an agile company. You know, we can take advantage of things like that. And, and we've done so with the acquisition of AEC, which was a high voltage relay or is a high voltage relay in DC contact manufacturer in Indiana. And that's a classic example for us of where globalisation, you know, expanding our business into new geographic areas, it, it's also localization, because we're now producing the product close to the customers that we're serving out there. So it's really that sort of symbiotic relationship that we mentioned earlier.
0: Would you say that we've seen a resurgence of localization following the, the COVID-19 pandemic?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I think we have. I think it's a process that was well underway before the pandemic, but it was massively accelerated by it, I think. Many smaller companies got caught out in that rush to globalisation, and I think realising that correcting a manufacturing fault or issue or a design fault and so on is, is just so much more difficult when you've got to get on a plane and fly halfway around the world, or you've got to wait six hours before you can communicate with the factory where the problem is. It's not just the cost, it's the communication that was the real issue. And I think COVID certainly, certainly accelerated that. You know, there's in this country we have a really well developed and highly skilled contract electronics manufacturing network. These CEMs are more than capable of exceptionally high quality builds and it's a sight easier to pick up the phone here and talk to somebody on the same time zone or just to travel, I don't know, a hundred miles down the road than it is to get on a plane. And the pandemic certainly cemented the problem. You know, China is the classic example, kept its borders closed way longer than anybody else, kept its cities locked down, kept its factories closed well beyond the rest of the electronics world. So yeah, I think that's caused people to come back. <laughs>
0: Yeah, definitely. So, so sticking with with localization, then, what would you say a, a successful strategy looks like?
1: Yeah, again, it's a, it's an interesting question and and hard in many ways to answer because for us localization and globalization kind of cross. But I think for some the localization strategy is just simply a reshoring or onshoring or whatever the the in vogue term at the moment is for bringing your business back to the to your home country. Um, but I think for others it's often a case of bringing the value that you add closer to the customer base that you serve and i think that's a better definition of localization it's more meaningful it tells you what you're doing you know if i was to take an example our business uh, systems business has a, a robotics customer in the uk that they're now engaging with in the united states because of an acquisition that we made in the United States. That's that's a conversation that couldn't have taken place if we hadn't done the globalization act of buying the business, a localization now of being close to the customer. So, you know, whether it's solid state PLC internationalizing or whether it's the business localizing, what's really important I think is that for any strategy to be successful, it's just got to supply and meet a customer need.
0: And what about the challenges then, when it comes to localization? Are there any in particular?
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean the obvious the obvious challenges are the key factor being investment levels, so whether that whether it's globalization or localization, quite honestly, investment always comes into it but i I think more than anything, the biggest challenge is getting the right people, it's getting the right people the right talent into the organization at the right place at the right time with the right skill levels and it's that's not simple it's people that make businesses successful uh, and it's not always easy to find the right ones anyone you know that's considering localization to the uk right now is going to be finding it difficult skills are in short supply people are in short supply and it's hard to get the top level talent that you need to be successful in. It gets complicated even further when localization means actually investing overseas and the vagaries of another country's employment laws start to have an impact on the project. So for me, I'd urge anyone considering this not to forget the importance of uh, going beyond the people, but setting goals, targets, stretches, just don't forget those cultural differences that we mentioned because a simple yes In one country really needs examining because if you're dealing with a country that where yes and no can cause offense so to say no to somebody is offensive you really do need to question that yes response that you get so it's everything but it's people at the end of the day people
0: so should businesses be focusing on on one more than the other then
1: yeah again i i I can't speak for the industry as a whole i don't think but for me perhaps no right or wrong answer here only what's best for the company at a particular point in time so there's a strong place for both one doesn't exclude the other one often leads to the other but for solid state our primary need has been to internationalize in terms of expanding the reach of our value added services so that we can address new customers in new markets and in that way Bluntly, we reduce our dependence on certain geographic territories.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. And and tell us a bit more about about the experience of of solid state then when when it comes to adopting localization and and globalization strategies.
1: Sure. So uh, I would guess that our experiences are not too different to to those of other companies of a similar size. So. As is always the case, due diligence pays dividends, whether, you know, that's around an acquisition or it's simply making sure that the research is done before you start a business or uh, or employ people overseas. But cultures that on the face of it seem similar can be quite different. And I think it was George Bernard Shaw that uh, that said, England and America are two countries separated by a a common language. And for me, that speaks volumes because it nicely captures how easy it is for a small difference to create a large problem. I'd I'd never pretend that our experiences have been perfect, but planning certainly helps. And our localization efforts with our UK manufacturing and value-added facility at Weymouth is helping us to partner much more closely with our UK customer base and, of course, that increases our value to them. But our internationalisation of the business <laughs> to increase sales throughout Europe and USA is opening up much wider markets for us and, and exposing us to those cultural differences, and that's employment laws, it's customer practice, it's it's even differences in customer expectations. So I guess if I've learned one significant thing in these various ventures, it's it's been that talent, talent is at the heart of everything. And it's never more true than when it comes to strong leadership so you know strong experienced leaders they allow managers to manage and that makes life easier and it makes businesses successful
0: yeah definitely like that so could you summarize then what what the important things to remember are when adopting either of these strategies
1: yeah again i can only speak for us as a company but for me, it doesn't matter whether it's localization or globalization. Due due diligence and planning they're at the heart of success. So, to capitalize on and grow that success needs strong, enthusiastic leaders, and of course they need to be good communicators in whatever language you choose. Communications key, and I think if there was a final message, it's I, I was once told very strongly to remember that, that hope. Is not a strategy. So you know, if you find yourself using the word hope, and of course we hope this will never happen, and of course we hope this will happen, you haven't got a strategy. So you know, what would my message be? Get the right leaders, get the right people, and just eliminate that word hope.
0: Fantastic. So, so before we wrap up, then John, is there anything else that you'd like to add?
1: I don't think so. I think you you plumbed the depth of my of my knowledge. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else I can add. Hmm.
0: Excellent. Well, that's some great insight there. So thank you very much for your time. It's been much appreciated. Electronic Specifier.